0: to you about the Father, I want to talk to you about the Son, and I want to talk to you about the sacrifice. The Bible tells us after these things that it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. One of the lessons that we learned this morning in Genesis chapter 22 is a simple lesson that obedient faith overcomes the trials of life. God asked Abraham to do something unthinkable. To give up his only son on the altar as a sacrifice to God. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, him there was a ram caught in the th- in the horns, in the thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram, and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Let us pray, Father, we love you this morning. We thank You, God. And Lord, I do thank You for this great country. I thank You, Father, on this 4th of July as we celebrate our independence, Lord, I thank You for the brave men and women who have risked their lives that we might have a free country. Lord, this morning, though, I pray, God, that You would anoint me to preach, Father, in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, that Your Word would minister to hearts and, Father, that it would meet needs and, God, that sinners would be saved this morning. Lord, that You would show us, Father, the Gospel of Genesis in Genesis chapter 22, as we see the Father and the Son come to that supreme sacrifice on the mount. Lord, this morning I pray, God, that You would be exalted, that You would be glorified, that You would have Your way, and Lord, we'll be careful to give You and You only the praise and the honor and the glory for what You do in Your house this morning. We pray God against every hindrance that would come, Father, this morning, Lord, to to strip away our attention and our focus. And Lord, we just ask God that for a brief moment, Lord, you would help us, Father, to hear your word, to receive it with gladness, that it might produce life in us, Lord. We ask it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a great chapter. It has been argued by some that there is no greater picture of Christ than what we find here in the life of Isaac. you, You need to know as a child of God, there will be a day of testing. There will come a time when your faith is tried. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 22 that after these things, well, what things is the Bible speaking of. You see, Abraham had been through many tests. He had passed a few of them. He had failed a lot of them. And God had promised Abraham a son. Seventy-five years old. And twenty-five years later, that promise came to pass. And Abraham received his promised son. And after all of these things of Abraham's life, we don't know exactly his age, he's probably somewhere around 115 years old when we begin reading Genesis chapter 22. The Bible says it came to pass that God tested Abraham. There are a lot of other tests that Abraham had been through, but we find this one, God had tested him. There will come a time in your faith when God will test you, friend. But you need to know this morning that all of the testings of God, they work for us and not against us. When you're in the middle of it, it doesn't always feel like it's working for you. It doesn't always make sense. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Lord, why are these difficult times coming my way? But if we'll keep pressing forward and we'll keep walking where God tells us to walk, and we'll keep believing what God tells us to believe, and we'll stand fast to the promises of God, we will find that every time the testings of God work for us and not against us. This morning we see the father that was asked to do something unimaginable. Could you imagine waiting a hundred years for a son? It's interesting, I just want to quickly say, if you remember last week we looked at Lot in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. God never did test Lot this way. I want to submit the reason is because Lot lived on such a low level that Sodom and the world tested him enough. It is the saint who walks the closest to the Lord that God tests. The greatest for the sake of His glory. We need to see early on this morning as I'm preaching that God did not want Isaac's life. I read to you the whole story, and we already know that by the end of it, Isaac is not slain on that altar. And Isaac's life is spared. So the question begs to be answered, why then did God ask Abraham to do such a thing? And the answer is simply because God wanted Abraham's heart. God wanted what was closest to Abraham to make sure that there was nothing standing in front of of Abraham between him and his relationship with God. Can I tell you this morning that there are good things in our lives. They're not always bad. There are good things that can become idols. There are good things in our lives that if we're not careful, our trust and our hope and our sense of security rests in things instead of the giver of those things. And God had given Abraham a son, a promised son. And He said, Abraham, give that son back to me. This morning, before I talk about what God gave, I want us to to try to step into the experience that Abraham was having. Would you agree that it would be somewhat confusing? God had told Abraham, this is the son of promise. It is through the seed of Isaac that I will make you a multitude. He said that that, that there will be so many that come out of Isaac that it would be like the sand of the seashore. And Isaac had not had any children yet. And God said, this is the promised son. And then later He says, give your son back to Me. Can I tell you that God asks us to do things sometimes that don't make a lot of sense? God asks us to do things that that we can't always figure out. The Bible says His ways are higher than our ways. There are places God will ask you to go. There are are mountains God will ask you to climb. There are valleys that God will ask you to walk through that don't always make sense when, when, when the command comes, child, here is my will for your life. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll just do it anyways. I don't doubt that Abraham felt alone. I don't doubt that when Abraham, after he'd had his conversation with the Lord, it was clear what God had asked him to do. And the Bible says early the next morning. Thank God for a man of God that won't hesitate to do what God asks. Early in the next morning, Abraham rose up and he he saddled the donkeys and he head out for where God had told him to go. There is no doubt in my mind that on that three-day journey, Abraham felt alone. But we find out later that the moment he raised the knife, God spoke. You see, God was there all the time. God had never left him. God was there giving him strength for every step forward that he would go. And a lot of times when we're in valleys, and a lot of times when we're facing the trials and the temptations of life, it feels like we are all alone. That nobody is with me. That nobody is for me. That the pain that I'm suffering, the confusion that I'm in, nobody knows it. Nobody understands it. Child, can I tell you this morning, your Father knows where you're at. And He sees every step that you take. God was teaching Abraham something about Himself. You see, the tests that we go through and the trials that we go through, they teach us about the Lord They give us a picture of Him and how He loves us and everything that He's gone through that He might have us to Himself. God did not want Isaac's life. He wanted Abraham's heart. God takes us to places that we might know Him better and that we might understand His love for us all the more. This morning you need to know that you need to expect tests from God. You need to expect them. If you don't expect them when they come, you're confused and you're wondering, why in the world is this happening to me? Can I tell you this morning, expect tests to come. How can we learn from Abraham's life? How do I make it through the test? Maybe you're in the trial of a lifetime right now. Maybe you're walking up a mountain that nobody knows about and you're climbing and it feels like you're about to fall and you're thinking, God, I can never make it there. Lord, I can never accomplish that thing. I want to learn some practical lessons from the life of Abraham this morning. First of all, focus on the promise and not the explanation. Focus on the promise and not the explanation. Abraham didn't know why. He didn't understand it, but he knew this. God had made him a promise. And we learn later in the book of Hebrews that Abraham believed had he brought that knife down and slain his only son that God would have raised him up from the dead because God is faithful to His promise every time. When you're going through a trial, friend, you just need to focus... On the promises of God. He is true. His Word is correct. It is true every time. It is living and powerful. And I will stand on the promises of God when everything else in this world doesn't make sense. When I don't understand why things are going the way they are, I will remember that my God is with me. He has not forsaken me. If my God is for us, then who can be against us? I will stand on the promise of God. Everything, everything that comes my way, my God is able to take it and turn it around for the purposes of my good. I will stand on the promises of God this morning. Focus on the promise and not the explanation. This is a principle we see not only in the life of Abraham, but friends, we see it throughout all of the Bible. There are many of you that long to live in the blessings of God. You long to live in the the fulfillment of all that God has for your life, but you're waiting for an explanation before you'll take another step. It doesn't always make sense. God told Elijah, go to the brook and I'll feed you by ravens. I'll just send some ravens to bring you food. You know, most of us, our response to that is, God, I I know that You can. I know that, that You're able to do such a thing. But that kind of sounds crazy. So if You'll send me a raven first, just one, it don't even have to drop a full meal. Just let it drop something from the sky, a little snack. And then I'll go to the brook and I'm going to believe that once I'm there, you're going to feed me. And there are a lot of you this morning, you're not moving. You know what God has said. You know God has called you to complete total submission to His will. You know that God has commanded you to flee from every appearance of evil. You know that His promises are true. You know that there's hope in Him alone. But for some reason, you still cling to the things of the old world. You're still holding on to something from the past. Your feet are still stuck where they're at. And you're thinking this morning, God, if You would just bless me now, I would take that step. But God says, get your feet and you go to the place that I'll show you. Abraham, get your son. Get some wood for the offering. Get something to make fire and you just head out to a place I'll show you when you get there. And Abraham began to go exactly where God told him to go. You need to expect tests from the Lord this morning. Can I tell you that our faith is not really tested until so God asks us to bear what seems unbearable, to do what seems unreasonable, and to expect what seems impossible. Whether you look at Joseph in prison, Moses and the people of Israel at the Red Sea, Elijah at the brook, David in a cave, or Jesus at Calvary, the lesson is the same. We live by promises, not by an explanation. God wants us to trust Him. He wants us to trust His Word and He wants us to walk on the authority of what He has said, whether we understand it or not. Abraham knew that God's will never contradicts God's promise. God's will never contradicts God's promise. And faith does not demand an explanation. But faith rests on promises. If you're going to make it through the testings of life, you've got to focus on the promises and not the explanations. Secondly, you've got to depend on God to provide when only He can. On what else could Abraham depend? He certainly couldn't depend on his feelings. The Bible teaches us that Elijah was a like man, just like us, with like passions. And Jesus was the only flawless, perfect man, yet he still was tempted like us, but yet without sin. And we see Abraham falling and failing before this specific test This is without question the greatest triumph of faith by any single man in all of God's Word outside of Jesus Christ. But it took him 115 years to get there. There was a day in time several years earlier when Abraham lied about who his wife was and gave her to the Pharaoh because he was afraid of what might happen to himself. He didn't always stand in these victorious triumphs. But here he does. Because he learned to trust in the provision of God. God will provide. God always provides right on time. Most of the time it's not a minute too early. But I can tell you this, it's never, never a minute too late. God is right on time. You've got to learn to trust in the provision of God. That when God calls you somewhere, To some place, to something, to some ministry, whatever it may be, what God calls you to, friends, He will provide. You may not understand God calling you to leave all the old world behind and you're thinking to yourself, if if I leave this behind, how will I survive? How will I ever make it? You just trust God, my friend. He will provide your every need. He will meet you right where you're at. He would never ask you to go somewhere where He would not meet you there and take care of you. He will provide. He says, trust me, child, and just keep moving forward. Walk to the place I've asked you to walk. We see that eventually Abraham would leave the servants behind and go with Him and His Son only. We also see quickly there are some places that you're going to have to go alone. There are some mountains that only you can climb. There are some tests that God has called you to that you can't take everybody with you. You're going to have to walk that mountain alone and you're going to have to look to Him for the strength to make it through. This morning I asked, where does the Lord provide our needs? Where does the Lord provide our needs? We see in our text that's in the place of the Lord's assignment. Get to the mountain of which I shall tell you. You see, any old mountain wouldn't have worked. Three days journey through the mountains. But God said to the specific place and the specific location that I will show you. The Lord provides in the place of His assignment. In other words, I can't just go halfway to where I think God's told me to go. You can't just pick any old mountain and say, God, I think this mountain's just as good as the next. You're God. If you want to bless me, you can bless me here as much as you can bless me there. So I'll just sit here on this old mountain. And I suppose if you don't bless me, then you must not want to. God says, it doesn't work that way, friend. I will bless in the place I tell you to go. This morning as a Christian, you need to learn to go all the way. You need to learn that when God says you must do this thing, you must go this place, you've got to go there. It is in the place of His assignment that the provision is promised. And Thank God that Abraham listened to God. Thank God that he went all the way. Because had he stopped on any old mountain, had he stopped on day one, had he stopped on day two, and said, this looks like as good a place as any, I'm telling you, the story wouldn't have ended the same way. It wouldn't have ended with the great triumph of his faith. I don't know exactly what God would have done. But thank God that Abraham went all the way this morning. You need to learn that if you're going to trust in the provision of God for all of your needs, You're going to have to go to the place God tells you to go. You're going to have to worship where God tells you to worship. You're going to have to walk where God tells you to walk. You're going to have to be who God tells you to be. We cannot expect God to bless our half-hearted attempts and, 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 and ways of living. We almost have this wild attitude that... And it's totally wrong. But the, maybe if I go halfway, at least God will bless me half. It might not be all. Maybe if I just stop short, at least God will honor some of the you know some of some of my efforts. Can I tell you this morning? God is a God of grace, and He might, but He's not obligated to. The promise was, Abraham, you go to the place I tell you to go. Church, those of you this morning, who are blood-bought, born-again Christians. Can I tell you, we've just read the end of the story. God shows up and God does what none of us ever would have pictured. God had the whole thing under control the whole time. It was His plan from the beginning till the end. We see the great miraculous provision of God with the substitutionary Lamb. God knew what He was doing. But so many of us, we want an explanation why before we're willing to walk. We want to understand it all before we're willing to go. And because of this, our lives continually fall short and we don't climb that mountain. We don't go to the place God has told us to go. And consequently, we do not live in the total provision and blessings of God. This morning, you've got to climb that mountain. Provision is found in the place of God's assignment. When does God meet our needs? Not a minute before and not a minute late, He meets Him when we need Him. How does God provide for us in ways that we would normally not expect? And to whom does God give His provision? To those who trust Him and obey His instructions. I believe it was Hudson Taylor that said, God's work done God's way will never lack God's provision. God is not obligated to bless our ideas. God is not obligated to bless our projects, but He is obligated to support His work when it is done His way. I think about Abraham during that journey. Would you agree with me that three days is a long time to think? Notice his son said, Father, we've got the wood. And we've got the fire needed to burn this wood, but where's the lamb? Where is the lamb? Now, I want to point something out to you. A lot of commentaries that I've read tell me that Abraham believed God was going to provide the the lamb. But Hebrews actually tells us that he believed that when he killed his son, God was going to raise him back up. And I want to submit to you that this preacher believes Abraham at that point in time just didn't quite yet have the know-how to tell his son, you're the lamb." He didn't know what to say. And I don't doubt that Abraham was hoping that maybe something was going to change but we also know from the story that Abraham took his son and bound him and placed him on the altar and raised a knife to slay him. Abraham thought his son was going to be that sacrifice. Three days. What do you think about those three days? Would you agree that's a long enough time to start thinking these thoughts? I wonder if that was really God.
1: on. doesn't make sense to me. Come on,
0: I mean, how, how, how could God do something like this? Th- this isn't the God that I know. This, this, this doesn't make sense to me. Why would God ask me to give such a thing? Why would God ask me to sacrifice something so important to me? He gave it to me. Three days is a long time to think. Very important principle here. Because sometimes we walk through dark days of our lives, things that don't make sense. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. You see, you've got to walk by the promises of God, not the explanations. I also think about Abraham. I have never been asked to give anything that even compares. When I get frustrated about some of the things I feel like I have to sacrifice, and then I look at what Abraham went through, I feel like a fool for my frustration. What an amazing thing he was asked to give. And often we want an explanation when we need to simply trust in the promises of God. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Last point on the Father who was asked to do the unimaginable. It's reasonable to think that we might be asked to do something like this for God, but to think that God would do something like this for us. You see, this was a picture I'm telling you, when we go through tests, God, God will teach us about Himself if we'll look. You say, how could a father be asked to do something so horrible? Imagine the pain that Abraham was going through. Imagine what was going through his mind. Think about the difficulty of giving your only son. And God says, now you know how I feel. He said, Abraham, I'm going to show you something about myself. But the difference between me and you, Abraham, is that one day I will offer my son up and one day my son will bleed and die and there won't be any angel to step in and say, no, he will bleed and he will die and I will give my only son because of my love for you. We see the love of our Father. We see a God that loved us like nobody else would. We see a God that was willing to climb a mountain that we could never climb on our own. He was willing to give what we could never give. He was willing to sacrifice for us what we could never sacrifice on our own. We also see in our text the son who would climb the mountain and submit to the father's will. Remember that Abraham was well over 100 years old. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. We know that Isaac was healthy enough to carry the wood... For three days on his back. And climb up the mountain. How old was he? I don't know. Probably 13 or 14 years old. Think about the health of Isaac versus the health of his father. And I just want to simply build the argument that had Isaac wanted to, he could have fought his father, he could have escaped. He could have pleaded for his life. But he willingly allowed his Father to bind him and to place him on the altar. And I tell you, as you fast forward several thousand years, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Praying, God, if there's any other way. But Father, nonetheless, let thine will be done and not mine. We see the Son that was willing to submit to the will of the Father and be that supreme sacrifice. Thank God this morning. Thank God this morning that Jesus was willing to come to this earth to clothe Himself in human flesh. And to live the perfect life before us. To preach to us truth. To live in front of His truth. To be the way, the life, and the truth. And then to die on Calvary's cross. To be placed on that wood. To have the nails driven through His arms and through His feet. And to die for you and I. He was the supreme sacrifice. You know, there had to be a sacrifice for you this morning. You know, every wicked thing you've ever done, every evil thought you've ever had, every lie that you've ever said, everything you've ever stolen, every person you've ever hurt, every wrong you've ever done, there had to be a penalty. Somebody had to pay. Jesus came and He said, I will pay. He said, I will bleed and I will die. And I will be that substitutionary death so that you don't have to die. I will die in your place. We see the similarities of Isaac and Jesus. The wood was on Isaac's back. The cross was on Jesus'. Both sons were led by their father to the place of sacrifice. One was offered on a mountain, the other the hill of Calvary. There was a three days journey to the place of sacrifice. Three days, Jesus would be in the grave and He would rise on the third. Both sons would carry the wood up the hill on their backs. And it would be God that would provide Himself the Lamb. And it's interesting, the ram was caught amongst thorns, wrapped up in the thicket of thorns, showing us that thousands of years later, so too, would God's precious Son have a crown of thorns wrapped about His head, pushed on there as He was hung there to bleed and die? We also see the Father and the Son would come to the place together. Yet, how far apart they must have felt. I wish I could do justice, and I'm sure that even in my own mind, I can't even imagine. But I wish I could do justice this morning trying to describe what was taking place between Abraham and Isaac. How confusing it must have been to Isaac. Don't forget he'd watched his father live this godly life. He had learned to trust Him so much that he trusted his own father to the point of being willing to be bound and placed on that altar. Imagine the... Atmosphere between the two of them when it was just them. And when it becomes finally clear, son, you're the sacrifice. And I'm going to have to do this thing. Are there any words to really put into perspective what Isaac was thinking, what Abraham was thinking? No. And see, God was teaching us something because there would come a day When he'd have to hear his own son yell at the top of his lungs, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? God screams to this world, if you want to know the love that I have for you and you want to know the pain of Calvary, just try to take a glimpse at Genesis chapter 22 and see what was happening between me and my son on that day. See what was happening between me and my son in that garden. Has he fled? Father, is there any other way? And he would have to offer him up for you and I. Thank God we've got a God that loves us. There is a God who loves you. Can I tell you this morning, it's not about all about rules and regulations and just trying to follow the perfect rules so that God will treat you nice. He loves you this morning more than you've ever been loved. He's gone the distance for you. He's did more for you already than anybody will ever think about doing for you. And the pain that Him, our God and His Son went through on Calvary simply so that we could come to Him. That we could have the rights to be called sons and daughters. Man, I serve a great King this morning. I serve a great God this morning. I serve a God that loves me more than I could ever understand. I serve a God that did more for me than I could ever really know. And he gives us a glimpse in this picture of Abraham and Isaac. He says, that's how much I love you. If you want to know me better, if you want to understand me more, look at what I've done. Look at what I would suffer for you. Look at what I would go through that I might call you my own. We also see the Lord who will see to it that there is a way out. Just as Abraham had stretched out his hand, the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Do not lay a hand on the lad, for I now know that you fear God and you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This morning, have you laid your Isaac down? God wants your Isaac. That's what He wants. He wants whatever it is that's most important to you in your life. The amazing thing about this story, God didn't actually take Isaac. But God had to see that if if I commanded it, would you give it? You know we all have our Isaacs for some of us, it's security for some of us, it's a spouse, for some of us it's, it's wealth, it's fame, it's fortune. It's our accomplishments. Have you laid your Isaac down, or are you still holding on to your Isaac? God anything but that? God, I'd give you anything and everything in my life but that. And God says if there's a but that, it's an idol. Trust me, He says, child. Trust me. And as Abraham laid down his Isaac, God said, there is another way. You remember when we looked at the story of Noah that God had already had a plan for salvation from the flood. That from the beginning of the time, when before God ever said anything to Noah, He had a plan about a way out. Can I tell you this morning, God had also devised a way before the journey had ever began. That lamb was there just waiting for them to show up at the right place. I'm reminded of Revelation that tells us of the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. And God was there every step of the way, watching and providing strength. This morning, can I tell you, God will make a way. God will make a way. When there is no way, God will make a way. When there's no way out, God will make a way. As our worship team comes this morning, you may be sitting here thinking, how am I ever going to get out of this? You may be in a situation. God help us to hear Your voice this morning. Why do we doubt God? Some of you are thinking, it's been this way for 20 years. I've heard 4,000 sermons about how God can meet this need. Where is your faith at, friends? He can meet the need now. He can meet it today. He is still God today. He can make a way out. He can make a way out. My life was in shambles. I thought my life was so ruined that I could never amount to nothing. I thought I'd gone so far and I had done so wrong and I had ran so far that my life could never amount to nothing. And then one day, I found out there is a way. There's only one way. There's only one way out. Jesus is not a way of many ways. He is the one and only, but there is a way. And we see in Genesis chapter 22, there was a ram in the thicket. And God said, I'll make a way. This morning, do you know Him? Maybe you're saved here, but God's telling you, child, it's time to lay your Isaac down. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never come to Him. You've never placed your faith in Him. You've never ran to the cross of Calvary. And you've never looked to Him for your salvation this morning. Can I encourage you? Run as fast as you can run to the cross of Jesus Christ. He is the only hope. He is the only way. He is the life. And this morning, He is the answer to your every need. This morning, will you lay your eyes down, Child of God, God might be asking you, to climb some mountains that don't make sense. Just keep walking and know He'll meet you there. Father, this morning we love You. We thank You, Lord. We pray, God, that you take Your Word and, God, that You'd move in our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that You'd speak in a very deep way this morning to some of Your children to trust You to climb that mountain, to go to that place, to be that man, to be that woman to surrender it all, to lay their Isaac down and know that, Lord, You want us all. Every bit of me. You want my heart. This morning, it's time to surrender, God, for many. Jesus.